No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mandel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now. After two consecutive victories over the past week, that could be best described as yes, but the Winnipeg Jets needed a commanding victory. And tonight on the left coast of Canada against the top team in the NHL, the Winnipeg Jets got a victory with a complete effort that was much more reminiscent of when the Jets themselves were the top team in the league than the two victories they had earlier this week. And with that, I say good evening, Winnipeg. Good evening, Scottsdale. And for all those joining us live on our YouTube channel and all of our social media platforms, we say good evening, universe, and welcome to the Illegal Curve post-game show. With Dave Manuk, with Ezra Ginsberg, I am your host, Drew Mandel, here to discuss the Winnipeg Jets 4-2 victory over the Vancouver Canucks. The floodgates opened in terms of goals. The floodgates opened in terms of power play goals. And the Winnipeg Jets will head to Alberta on Monday afternoon with a three-game winning streak in their pocket and a very tidy 4-2 victory over the Vancouver Canucks. Gentlemen, good to see both of you. It's been about, uh, gosh, I don't even know how many hours it's been now, about 12 hours or so since uh, we last got together, but it is nice to see you guys again. Yeah, absolutely, and good on you. I thought, Drew, you would be in bed hours ago, but good on you for staying up. I mean, it was earlier here than it is in Winnipeg. I know, but still, even with the time change, I thought you would be in bed living that retirement life down in Scottsdale, but what a game, boys. Like, no goals in the first period. As you mentioned, the floodgates opened up in the second period, and after Tyler Myers, of course Tyler Myers scored against the Jets, right, guys? But after Myers ties that game up, you know, Vancouver is in complete control and then they decided to get into penalty trouble. And obviously, you know, we're going to get into all that in the Betway game recap. I'm not sure how Mark Shifley gets called for embellishment. I also don't know how Nate Schmidt gets called for goalie interference there, Dave. I know you uh, were vocal on, on Twitter slash X as well. So, I mean, Drew had the tweet about the officiating. I mean, this has not been a banner year for officiating in the NHL, guys. It hasn't been a banner year for officiating in the IIHF either. If you watched the uh, Sweden, uh, Switzerland, uh, what was that, the semifinal when there was that uh, spearing call? You're going, uh, you're, you're going you're going deep into the pocketbook with the, with that reference there Mr. Ginsburg. Well, well, I'm just saying, I mean it's it's been I mean you had the tweet Drew, I agree with you. I mean, look, uh, the NHL Department of Player Safety has become a joke. We have no idea what, you know, uh, an infraction gets anymore. Uh Morgan Riley is is appealing his five-game suspension. I have no idea why because he easily could have got more games, but look, the Jets kept their calm. And the top line of Kyle Connor, Mark Shifley, and Gabe Velarde, they came through. What did they have? A combined nine points, I think, boys. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, these are guys that, you know, have individually been struggling to score goals. I think you'd like to see more, you know, a little bit more out of uh, Cole Perfetti. Um, didn't think he had the worst game, but, you know, he's still, what is he, 12 games now without a goal. But the most important thing is here, guys, that Connor Hellebuck shut the door. Uh, after Tyler Myers scored and the Jets' top line came through, Dave, and, and really that's all that matters. The Jets beat the top team in the league, right? And now they're on a three-game winning streak and they're setting up nicely going into the game on Monday against Calgary. 
I thought you were going to joke and say that the Jets uh, need more five-on-five goals from Velarde and Shifley and Connor. But uh, yeah, look, that was it was an interesting game. And uh, at one point, and I don't like to criticize our friends in the media, but it, it really did feel like we were watching a Canucks regional broadcast at some points in, in the contest. And and I mean, no, probably no bigger indication than when Mark Shifley, they felt that Mark Shifley did embellish uh, the contact that they had, I don't understand how that one was. And the Nate Schmidt, I agree, as that one was a marginal one. Um, I didn't like at the end when they were talking about the primary, the two primary assists for Kyle Connor. And they said, that's rather odd for a guy who's known more for his goal scoring than his assists. And I, I tweeted, I was like, he has 228 goals, 228 assists. Doesn't sound like a guy who scores a lot more goals than he does assists. But again, they don't know the Winnipeg Jets. I'm not terribly surprised. But I just then don't talk about it as if you know the Winnipeg Jets. Again, you know the reputation, I think. You don't know the necessarily the team. That showed, I guess, a lack of, well, of, to, to of knowledge. Point, sorry, to your point, my, my my favorite one or my favorite part of that is they showed in the first period they were talking about the Jets' struggles on the on the power play. And as he's already nodding because he knows where he knows where this is. So they showed the Jets the, the Jets' most recent power yeah. play goal, which came against the Islanders, and they showed the entirety of the clip. And I, I don't blame the broadcasters on this one. This one's on the producer. Whoever comes up with that clip and says, we're going to show this clip, they don't tell the broadcasters that Sorokin had lost his blade on that. Yeah. <laughs> so they air the entire clip, and every Jets fan who's watching at home knows that it's because Sorokin can't go cr- across the crease because he mm-hmm. lost skate blade and 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 they don't say anything about it on the broadcast like it was the easiest goal like what you like what you're saying is it was the it was a wide open empty net goal for neil piark because sorokin had was not in the play at all and they didn't even they just kind of they yada yada the best part that's right they yada yada the most important part it's like why is it why are they shooting why are they on a power why is there an empty net on a power play it's because the goalie doesn't have a blade on his skate right there and they don't even mention that and again i don't expect harn orion uh to necessarily know that i don't expect i think it's dave tomlinson is that who uh was on the i have no idea yeah i think it was dave tomlinson it was dave tomlinson yep and of course if you remember dave tomlinson did some jets games in the first season when uh when they came back to winnipeg if uh, you know because shane nighty was on radio and dave tomlinson was part of the rotation of guys who did uh color for the jets in uh in the first year back uh from Atlanta, but uh, I don't expect either of them to know that Sorokin had lost their blade on that, on that yeah. play, but it's the producer's job. Who's putting that clip together, that clip yeah. package together to give them that information. Well, Tomlinson is, is a BC that. guy, right? So yeah, he's, he does I believe he, I still games. think he lives in Vancouver, so he probably doesn't watch a lot of Jets games. So, I mean, look, you had Gus Fring being shown multiple times. I mean, it was just kind of like one of those nights, right? Yeah. And look, I, I mean, this was the result the Jets wanted. I mean, you couldn't have scripted it any yeah. better, right, Dave? Unless it was like a four nothing shutout. But like, you got the two power play goals. Connor Shifley and Velarde got going. Obviously, I mean that we expect that line to stick together now in mm-hmm. the short term. And you know, I, I thought Ehlers was was really good. And going back to what I said, Monahan obviously you know gets the power play goal, and that's what we've been talking to talking about right i thought it was funny because kevin bieksa was bringing out the triangles during the intermission that's what we've been talking about drew had the tweet like that was a textbook power play goal like yes, tic-tac-toe like go to the middle play, like make a play down low it doesn't always have to be you know the perfect you know cross seam one-timer right dave mm-hmm. right so yeah. i mean this is exactly what you wanted for a team that has been struggling to score goals that's what you wanted to do you wanted to score four goals against one of the best goalies in the league yeah and, and one of the things i was going to say is you 
I liked Mark Scheifele's fight tonight. I thought he was was excellent. It was Adam Lowry game. that fought Dave. Well, and, and, and you know what? Good, good point by you. Uh, Drew might be a little bit in the bag right now based on that cackle, but no, uh, I, I'm in a good mood, so I, I'll, I'll throw Ezzy a bone. I think, every I now think and Drew's then. been into that bourbon again, Dave. Yeah, I think he's. I think he was borrowing uh, Michael Bublé's mushrooms for God's sakes, based on that reaction. But look, first of all, credit Adam Lowry because a completely clean hit necessitating a fight, you know, pisses me off. I can't stand that because it's like, and there like, was a great back check too. That's great what I mean. Like, every, great hit. Like why? Every, why do you need to drop your gloves there? Everything about it was good. And again, like I said, it's the it's it was a good play by Adam Lowry, a massive hit uh by him. And of course, you know, they, they get the instigator. And it was funny because why was that an instigator? What's that? Like I understand, I understand the instigator. To me, that was just they just fought. Like I didn't really feel the instigator well, because, penalty was well, because he was across the, third the man, ice basically. to fight Lowry. No, I know, yeah. but it I no, know. I didn't. I actually thought that was the right call, but the broadcast was like shocked. It was like, well, why? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't not, understand not, their point. Not there. part of the play. So, of course, well, Dave, it was a regional broadcast. So, that's why <laughs> it clearly was a regional broadcast, Ezzy. But look, it's it was a game that everybody had a piece of. And that was the thing, right? Like you, and and I really, again, look, we haven't seen the Canucks at all this season. Um, and, you know, one of the things that they talked about, I was listening to the our friends at CGOB on the pregame when I was in the vehicle this, this after just before the game. And they were talking about how, how successful Winnipeg has been in Vancouver. What are they now? 10, one and one or something like that in their last 12 games in Vancouver. So the Jets, but this why is a different, I always bring that up. Like, why do I care what a team, what a team did in 2016? Well, you know and it's I mean? good. It's a good point. No, as that's a valid point because this is not the same Canucks team, right? This Canucks team had they won tonight would have had as many wins as they had all of last season. So, I mean, this is a Canucks team that's at 80 points. The Jets are now at 71. They leapfrog Colorado into second place. But it was a statement game. You know, the Jets needed to do something. Like, you know, I, I jokingly tweeted from the IC account. I said, and you people were worried about goal scoring because that was the focus of our talk. The other thing I tweeted from the account, I think it's fair, as you'll you'll have to back me up. The Jets are 1-0 when Chuck Hellebuck comes on the Illegal Curve <laughs> hockey show. Absolutely. I mean, on a, on a Saturday. So, I mean, that, they might want to continue that tradition, but uh, shout out to Chuck Hellebuck. He was a great guest today. Drew, I know you had to take off and, yes. and had family responsibilities, but people loved our conversation with Chuck Hellebuck. And uh, that's of course available on our YouTube channel. Watch it not during this broadcast, but after. I watched, uh, I watched it. It was a great interview you guys conducted at that point in time. Unfortunately, I had a, I had a bay at Top Golf I had to get to with the kids and, uh, <laughs> and Laura and, and and my dad. So we, I had to run a little bit early uh, on the uh, on the Saturday morning show. But you know what? We talked a lot about how the Jets needed a a good victory on Sat on the show this morning and how they needed to get that offense back on track. And you you, you know this was this was much more reminiscent probably the for the first time since. Oh gosh, bet you over a month that this reminded you of the Jets from pre-Christmas, let's say. Like, you know, probably since maybe for the first time since those games against Minnesota, you know, again the the back-to-back -back, uh, uh right around New Year's, you know, maybe not quite that far, but not too, you know, not uh, you know, in that vicinity where the Jets really uh, with the exception of maybe the last few minutes of the first period where Vancouver sort of had the Jets hemmed in, the Jets, you know, fought and then they took control of a game and they were right in it and they were and they, and they played like the team that was at a point in time atop the NHL standings and they had an edge to their game and they had some speed and connectivity to their game yep. uh which I really thought was important for this team and I do think you know it's inter it'll be interesting to see now that the really the the game three days off game week off game three days off stretch is over 
uh, you know, because they play three and four nights. That's what they're in the midst of uh, with Monday and then Tuesday in Winnipeg. Does this sort of get the team flowing again? Does this get the lines going again? Because Velarde, Shifley, and Connor tonight, particularly in the third period, when it mattered the most, they were absolutely dominant in that third period, as it. Yeah, and I mean, on the fourth goal, right, Noah Juleson, who, and we're going to get into all these goals again. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself here, Drew, but, yeah. you know, Noah Juleson goes for the, the big hit, and that puts the the Canucks in, in a, you know, a, a situation where they're chasing, right, and the game's over, right? It's 3-2, you're still in the game. That 4-2 goal was the final dagger, and mm-hmm. again, there were, I don't think there was necessarily one turning point in a game like this, but... When Neil Pionk took the penalty relatively early in the third period, you remember Elias Pedersen had that really good chance, and then right after, Brock Besser had the rebound. Hellebuck mm-hmm. made two really good saves there, and if Vancouver scores there, I mean, that's obviously Captain Obvious. Vancouver <laughs> goes up 3-2 instead of the Jets coming back and going up 3-2, right? Hellebuck made, you remember those two saves that he made in the first period on, on oh, Pia Suter? Suter, yeah. Right? So, I mean, like... Hellebuck was excellent tonight. I, this isn't one of those games where you're going to necessarily say this is one of his best games, but you know what did he have? 30, 30 to 35 saves tonight? Like he was, mm-hmm. I mean, I would have given him a star. I don't know about Dave. He doesn't like to give him stars. but <laughs> I gave him plenty of stars in his career. And and look, you know, Desi and I tweeted this, and I think you'd probably agree. You have to think that him going up against Dr. Demko, the idea that they're, yep. you know, going to be potentially, yeah. you know, mano a mano, goalie a goalie, you know, vying for you asked Chuck Hellebuck about it this morning, but those international pl- games that are coming, well, not for until next year in the Olympics, you have to think that, you know, he relished that opportunity. And we were, you know, we were talking, uh, who was talking about it the other day against how um, goaltenders can get up for games and they can get up for, for, for battles. And I have to think that, you know, Connor Hellebuck, knowing that folks are going to be talking about that him and Thatcher Demko and that sort of played into it and because he was excellent. He was excellent when the Jets needed him. He made some big, big saves in that uh, first period, in the second period. So so I thought Connor Hellebuck was excellent in today's game. And uh, I think that probably, whether he admits it or not, I don't think so. It doesn't really make a difference. But my speculation would be that I think that that probably played a big factor in the, you know, in, in him wanting to, I mean, obviously, again, he wants his team to get the points. He wants to get the win. He's all about team. But I, I I do wonder how much of a role that played his wanting to have a big statement game against a, a competitor. Yeah, big statement game for the Winnipeg Jets, winning 4-2 tonight over the Vancouver Canucks. The clock has struck midnight in Winnipeg. There are over 550 of you joining us. This is the Illegal Curve post-game show. If you haven't already done so, be sure to smash the like button and subscribe to the YouTube channel because we're going to do this again Monday afternoon when the Jets head to Calgary to face the Flames. And then on Tuesday, the big rematch that everyone's had circled on their on their calendar since the incidences between the, uh, the 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 Wild and the Jets and really took to the forefront. That's Tuesday, so it's going to be a very busy week of Illegal Curve broadcast. So we want you to make sure you're subscribed to the channel and smashing Listen that like Drew. button. We're this close to 6,000, folks. we got to get go. up, up, up. Let's go. Get there, get there, get there to that 6,000 mark while we get there, get there, get there to the Betway Game Recap. The Betway Game Recap. No, no second screen for yours truly as we go through the Betway game recaps. So if you see me looking at my phone, that's because I got the score sheet up here as well. But we do want to say a big thank you to our friends at 
Bethway for their continued support of the Illegal Curve post-game show. Bethway is your destination to make safe, secure, and confident bets when it comes to whatever sporting event you feel the need to place a wager on. Betway is the most trusted voice in sports betting, and we thank them for their continued support of the Illegal Curve post-game show. The No score in that first period, but it was a good physical first period. Uh, you know, both teams uh, took a minor penalty. Nate Schmidt had the cross-checking penalty. Tyler Meyer had the elbowing penalty. There was no success for the Jets in that uh, on that opening power play, despite the fact that Shifley thought he scored. It was disallowed after the officials ruled that uh, the puck only crossed the line after Shifley sort of made contact with Thatcher Demko, which was probably the right call in that instance. But maybe as a as a harbinger to what was going to come in the game, the Jets' opening power play in that first period, guys, certainly looked better. It had good movement. It had good puck possession. It had some Christmas crispness to it that we hadn't seen for so many of these power plays when they were in the midst of their doldrums that maybe you just maybe you thought it was going to break it through uh in the course of today's game but zero zero after 20 minutes uh the sharks in the first period 12 7 for vancouver i thought the jets were the better of the two teams to start the first and then vancouver was the better team in the latter half of that first period and they really had the jets hemmed in there for some periods uh, some portions of time particularly later in that first period when their forecheck got going as he yeah I think I agree with that 100% the Jets really didn't find their legs until they got on that power play right I don't think they had a shot in the first four or five minutes that seems to be a bit of a, a theme that I don't think Rick Bonus and the coaching staff like I mean you know that coaches they they want lots of shots early right pucks on net it's a cliche right Dave but yeah um, yeah I mean the Canucks were overall the better team the possession I think the high danger chances were like six to one for the Canucks uh, we talked about Pia Suter had two really good chances in the first period. Um, and I just thought that the, the Jets weren't dictating the pace of play. And it was mentioned by uh, uh, Kelly Rudy, Kevin Bieksa, Ron McLean, all the guys on the panel. Um, they were talking about how, like, Vancouver, they were they were playing physical. They were all over the Jets. They had a strong forecheck. And, you know, the defense was, was being pushed back. Um, I thought uh, Dylan DeMello and, and Josh Morrissey had a bit of a rough uh, first period. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, it was, it was a pretty even first period. I think, you know, even though I just said, I, I, I would give the edge to the Canucks, but it wasn't a, a huge edge. It's not like they were dominant or anything no, like no. that. I just think that the, there were parts of that first period that just thought the Jets looked a little bit slow and they weren't, they just weren't generating enough, even though the Shifley line looked pretty good. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was the second period when, you know, everything started to open up. And obviously the Canucks, I think, got a little bit too interested in headhunting. Uh, we had a comment up there, and I agree with that. I mean, it seemed like the Canucks, um, you know, I don't know if it was, you know, that it was a response specifically to the Lowry hit. Because I think if you guys remember, in the first period, Vlad Domestikov, who did he hit? I forget who it was. Uh, uh, Hughes. Yeah, it was yeah, Hughes. Hughes. Domestikov on Hughes. And obviously, I mean, it's funny because, uh, you know, the Canucks went after Domestikov a little bit. And Domestikov's not the biggest guy. His I mean, former teammate, has he? Philip Ronick. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's got a lot of former teammates. Domestikov <laughs> has been true. on like, five That's or six true. teams at this point in his career, point. right? But, I mean, look at Dave mentioned it, or maybe it was you, Drew, that mentioned it earlier. I mean, these teams are going to play another couple times, right? Yeah. And you can already tell. These teams, it's not like this is a secret that both of these teams are you know top teams in the Western Conference? They know that there's a good chance that they're going to meet at some point in the playoffs if they can get out of their own division, obviously. Um, 
but yeah, that first period was was spirited. But I just thought that you know the Jets just weren't generating enough offense. And like I said, I thought the Canucks were the quicker team. Um, but obviously, I mean, you know, it was a tie game, and it was uh, like we said, we'll get into the the power plays and everything like that because that's what then that's when the Jets came to life. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Vancouver does open the scoring early in the second period, though, Dave. It's Noah Juleson mm-hmm. getting his first, I think, it was, was what did they say, his first since, what, three years ago or something like that? Something 2018 like that, yeah. even. Was it 2018? Yeah. Was, it, yeah. was it that long ago? So first in six years, which sort of speaks to uh, some uh, stick to So good for him to get his first NHL goal in six years. Uh, he gets uh, that at the 19-second mark of the f- second period, assist to, to Connor Garland and Ilya Mikhaev. Uh, and it's sort of a bad bounce on this one. It's, again, it, it, you know, the Jets are in probably what I would describe as pretty decent position. Uh, you know, Lowry is in position in front of Hellebuck and the puck just sort of skips off his leg and then is just sort of sitting there teed up for Juleson, who's the trailer on the play, and nobody is able to pick him up. And you look at the replay, and Niederreiter is going to where he expects the puck to be going, and it was on its way there, sort of through the the the, the slot area. Uh, but then it just sort of hits a couple different skates and is just sitting there, and Juleson comes in and he makes no mistake uh, and beats Mar- uh, Connor Hellebuck with the shot to give the Canucks the early one nothing lead in for the second period, Dave. Yeah, and and I guess the only thing if you want to criticize is that Niederreiter, well, I understand what you're saying in terms of anticipating where the puck could yeah. be going, has to recognize that he's got to cover for Demello, who's not back. So if he's if he sees that Juleson is going to the net unimpeded, then his then his prerogative really should be to cross over and try and get Juleson and and tie him up because Lowry's tied up, Morrissey's on the at the at the boards, and Demello is too far behind to get to be a, a factor in the play. So Nita Ryder's responsibility in that instance is to, uh, in my mind is to cover for his defenseman and take the man. And so he doesn't. And yeah, right. He ends up, he stays to the right instead of going to the, to the front of the net. And as a result, mm-hmm. Juleson is unimpeded and has an opportunity to put it up and over and look, that's a big goal, right? I mean, cause Vancouver is, as he said, you know, they built a lot of momentum in that first, neither team was able to, to solve the other goaltender, uh, despite the Mark Shifley, um, goal, which <laughs> according to the broadcasters, wasn't even, don't even look at it. Don't even look at it. It was really odd that they were saying, why, why like, there's nothing to review. I like, mean, it it's like, like a, it was like, I was like, that's a pretty easy <laughs> review. Like it, if, 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 if ever there was one, like, again, even if you don't think it went in, it's a pretty easy, like it's a basic take, thing. Like, take, you, take, Mason Appleton, Appleton on the other hand, it. that was just crossbar and out. And oh he was yeah. yeah, yeah. But, he was, yes, the, the Shifley one was close. I mean, that was, I mean, it was actually, it was almost kind of hard to even tell. And and the other thing too, I don't know if you guys were thinking this or anybody in the chat was thinking this watching the game, but it's also hard to make a good read on whether the puck crossed the line when you don't hear the sound of the whistle. Right. Right. Yeah. That's like you, that that's kind of key here, right? Because yeah. the puck did cross the line and yes, I guess it was because he shoved Demko's pad, but you're absolutely but, right, Dave. And the other thing too, Dave, can I just mention this yeah. though? Like Dylan DeMello uh, pinches in on McKayev, right? Because Connor yeah. Garland has good support there. So McKayev chips the puck to Garland, who goes up the ice, right? Yeah. And and you're absolutely right here. Like, it's a, it's a couple things. It's not all on Nino Niederreiter, but because Dylan DeMello is caught up ice, Nino mm-hmm. Niederreiter has to pick up the trailer. And right. Niederreiter, who's a good defensive forward, he just, he's kind of in no man's land. 
And well, he's not he, expecting he, he the just, puck to go to where to, to stop where it stopped is the problem. Yeah, of yeah, but but without without Dylan DeMello right. in the play, Nino Niederreiter has to pick up the trailer. The trailer is Noah Juleson, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's just it wasn't good defensive coverage. Obviously, it doesn't matter because the Jets eventually win the game. Um, but on both goals, those were, I mean, we'll get into the, the next <laughs> Vancouver goal after the Jets two goals, yes. yeah. uh, but they were both defensive miscues. Yes. yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, and so- that, and that, that's all I was going to say is that, you know, like you just like to see a little bit tighter uh, coverage there. And, and, and again, like, as he says, you go, you don't mind the de- pinch from DeMello because part of the nope. mantra from, from Rick bonus is, is that he wants his defense to be active and be participants in the play. So, so you're okay with that. But again, that comes with a responsibility. That means the, the corresponding forward needs yeah. to get back and, and cover for DeMello, who's now pinched. And again, like I said, I just think Niederreiter uh, uh, missed it on that chance. Yeah, okay. Uh, no argument from from my perspective on either of your guys' analysis there. Uh, the Jets do tie it up. Uh, it's a power play goal. Words we have not said very <laughs> often this year. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Niels, Niels Hog, uh, Hoaglander is in the box for roughing, and it comes at the 5-16 mark of the second period. Gabe Velarde just takes it upon himself. It's not the prettiest power play goal. The second power play goal the Jets scored was a lot more textbook, but this one is more or less he's, he's you know, next to... to before you get into the, well, I'm sorry, Drew, before you get into the goal, because according to Sportsnet, it was a marginal penalty call. Did you think that was a penalty on uh, Hoaglander uh, hitting um, Pionk into the boards? Yeah, I thought it was a penalty. He, he hits him high. He hits him. He, he catches him high, and he catches him. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a penalty. I, I don't, you know, of all the marginal calls in the course of today's game, I didn't think that was one that I would put up there as as a marginal call. To sure. me, that seemed like a a penalty in, in my books. I thought me too. I didn't but have I mean, a problem with that. As, call. as I tweeted from the IC account, Ezzy, hey Siri, what's a, what's a penalty in the NHL? Because it yeah. wasn't readily apparent. But anyways a problem wait till the playoffs right when when they don't call anything and the officiating changes like i mean that's the problem when you like forget the department of player safety for a second if you don't know what uh you know uh, uh, a boarding penalty is then that's a problem right like mm-hmm. it, should, it should be pretty clear and and the thing too is like you know i kind of gave it a little bit to mark specter of sportsnet when he said you know on the brendan dillon play you know if uh Nola Chari was six foot three instead of five foot 11, you know, that wouldn't have been uh, a penalty. It's like, that's, that's ridiculous. I mean, just because you're five inch, inches taller than a guy, you still can't hit him in the head. Like I love Brendan Dillon. Brendan Dillon's a great player. You guys know that anybody who watches the show knows that, but I mean, that was, that was a penalty. That was a suspension. Maybe yeah. not three games. I think I think he probably should have only got one game because he got the match penalty. Mm-hmm. We've already gone over that. I'm just saying, to me, I'm with Drew. I think that was clearly a penalty. Yeah, I thought it was a penalty. And then the Jets take advantage of a penalty uh, for the first time in a long, long time. It's not the prettiest one by any stretch. Velarde just sort of decides to throw it uh, on on Demko from in tight. And it squeezes between uh, Demko's arm and, and his body. And the Jets will gladly take a power play goal any which way they were going to come. Because they've been so hard for the Jets to acquire this year. Uh, it's Velarde, his 12th of the year assist to Shifley and Pionk. And it's time tied up at one goal apiece this coming at the 516 mark uh of the power play uh Ezzy. and it's again the jets at least I thought it was a smart play drew like yeah, you know I have no problem right. with I mean, it. It, it wasn't beautiful but like Gabe Velarde is a goal scorer and he knows what he's doing there right like I don't know if he I mean you can't say that he he specifically put it there um but he was being deceptive there right and and I think guys we found kind of the new we've been ta- I've been joking about the the triangle 
you know, the power play triangle, but you know, the Shifley Velarde Monahan triangle down low, I think you're starting to see like that being kind of the Jets new dangerous weapon on the power play. I mean, it's not always going to work and you know, the teams are going to try to take that away. But if you're able to, you know, have Monaghan as a shooting option, but then mm-hmm. Gabe Velarde is also down low and kind of bring it to the net, Dave. Plus, yeah. you know, Shifley, I mean, he can shoot the puck as well. And then we're not even talking about Kyle Connor, who's on the other side, right? Like, so I think <laughs> they've kind of, I mean, look, Monaghan, when he was acquired, some Jets fans were underwhelmed, right? But what does Monaghan do? Wins face-offs and he plays on special teams, not just power play, and he plays on the penalty kill. And what did he do tonight? I mean, he yeah. contributed on the power play, right, Dave? So yeah. I agree with you, Drew. I mean, it was, uh, you know, it was kind of just put the puck on the net, but I also liked the deception by Velarde instead of, you know, the, the I think it was Zadorov that was the defenseman out there. I forget who the penalty killer was. It might have been... Uh, Connor Garland, I'm not sure, but I know it was Nikita Zadorov um, who was out there. And I just like how Velarde puts it on net. And yeah. obviously, uh, Juleson was also out there. Yeah, Juleson and yeah. Nikita Zadorov, right? So, yeah. I mean, I just like I, I just like putting it to the net like that. And good for Velarde because I think he hadn't scored in something like six or seven games, right? It, yeah, it, he had gone scoreless in his previous six. Yeah. It just makes the Jets it gives another threat. If that's a, if that's something the Jets might start doing on the power play more often, where your Velarde is going to just you know be down low with the puck, but rather than look to to pass it off, he's going to maybe uh, you know he's maybe going to take it himself. That's just another threat. And you saw it on the Jets' second power play goal of the game. I mean, holy moly, it must be a sign of the apocalypse if, there is, <laughs> if there's ever been one. Two power play goals for the Jets. This one off the stick of uh, Sean Monahan. It also is our. Seagram shot of the game. The Seagram shot of the game. We don't have a lot of rules on this show, but when you score your first goal of a, as a member of the Winnipeg Jets, you're likely to get the Seagram shot of the game honor. And that's what Sean Monahan gets. And that's the second power play goal of the game. The Jets make it 2-1. It comes at the 9.25 mark of the second period. Uh, the, uh, the, the Giuseppe is in the box. This is after he takes the penalty, the instigator penalty, uh, for going after Adam Lowry, after Adam Lowry lays the the clean body check uh, and you know, the jets make the Canucks pay. And this one is as textbook as textbook gets. It starts with a one face-off by Sean Monahan. He brings it back to Morrissey, Morrissey over to Connor, uh, Morrissey back to Morrissey, Morrissey down low to Shifley, Shifley down low to Velarde on Velarde stick off Velarde stick onto Monahan stick. He's, he's good, gets himself some time and space, and it's past Thatcher Demko exactly how the Jets want to draw it up, Dave, and it's 2-1 for the Jets uh, just before the halfway mark of the second period. Yeah, and it, Drew, it's 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 the quickness. It's yes. the fact that there's a lot. It's You want to talk about crisp. I mean, it's everybody touches that puck, but it's fast. Shifley, Velarde, Monaghan, and in the time it took me to say that, they had already scored the goal. Tic-tac-toe, in the bumper, I mean, it's it, it's as textbook as what we've talked about with this team because you've got so much, so many weapons. And those guys, I mean, again, we're talking about this triangle. I didn't know I was in a geometry class as. Was it an isosceles? Is it a, a you know, some other, what is going on here? Whoa, 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 Ezzy. This isn't Kenny and Rennie. Not done. No, no, no. I, I didn't do that. On? That's my, That might have been me. Sorry. I pressed the wrong button. Whoa. <laughs> Drew just got rid of us entirely. Well done, Mindell. I pressed Anyways. the wrong button. Sorry. All good. All good, Drew. 
Um, one more time though, when you're done, but anywho, so look, this is a, it's a textbook goal and, and, you know, you, you joke about this is it the sign of the apocalypse, but I mean, two power play goals in four minutes after the jets had gone this long, this many games, right. Without score, was it eight games? They hadn't scored a power play goal and, and they were what over, they had one goal in 32 attempts or 33 yeah, attempts or something like that. Dave. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was ridiculous. So, I mean, the fact is, and again, like I said, is this a sign that suddenly their power play is woken up? We'll see. We'll find out. But I mean, that's, that to me was the turning point in this game. And, and, you know, I, there was a, there was a comment earlier and I want to address it because I think it's not, I think it's a good one. I think uh, the hits that, uh, um, that Mark Shifley received, there was one in the first period when Zadarov hit him and, you know, really kind of, I think it, it, it lit a, it lit a fire under 55. And yep. again, like I said, I thought there was, I thought he had a bit of a burr in his saddle mm-hmm. all game. And, but when Zadarov hit him in the first and then, you know, I didn't realize, I actually thought Shifley on the, and I don't want to jump ahead, but on, on one of the Jets goals, I thought Shifley actually laid the hit. He actually took the hit to make the pass, yes. but still like, I just thought he played a, a phenomenal game. That was on the Jets' third goal. That was the yeah, go-ahead goal. I, I didn't want to go too. Goal. I didn't want to go too far ahead, Ezzy. But you know, we're we're still on number two. We have to. Well, get we ahead. have to break down Tyler Myers' masterpiece that he scored. <laughs> yeah. What was that? The <laughs> the, uh, the well, uh, unfortunately for Gabriel Velarde, he'll be highlighted in this one as well. Yeah. But and as will Kyle Connor. But we'll get. Well, like I said, on the, on that second one, that's that's the speed that you need to see this power play working and, exactly. And, and and just there's no there's no overly thinking. Right, Shifley took one second with the puck, and then right away, boom, Velarde to Monahan to the back of that. They can do that. They can execute with that kind of speed. They're going to be successful. That's exactly right, and that's why Sean Monahan gets the Seagram shot of the game uh, with that goal to make it two one for the Jets. Big thanks to our friends at Seagrams for their continued support of the Illegal Curve post game show. I see a lot of comments in the chat. People asking me if I've been into the Seagrams products tonight. I'm not in the Seagrams products tonight, folks. I'm a little under the weather, so that might be why I sound a little ah. bit hoarse and a little bit congested. It's not alcohol fueled for once. It's more illness fueled. But I'm I'm going to. Uh, uh, suffer through it and then maybe actually I should have some Seagram's products and maybe that'll make me feel a little bit better. So I'll, I'll, I'll venture down that road uh, after the uh, Betway game recap, which continues on this edition of the Illegal Curve post-game show. Drew Mandel, Dave Manuk, Ezra Ginsberg, so many of you with us on this now Sunday morning in Winnipeg talking about the Jets 4-2 victory over the league-leading Vancouver Canucks. People enjoying themselves, enjoying the victory. Hope everyone's having a great Saturday night, Sunday morning, smash the like button if you haven't already done so. Make sure you're subscribed to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel. 2-1 for the Jets. It doesn't last very long. It lasts a little less than five minutes. And this one is not a highlight real goal from anybody associated with the Winnipeg Jets. Gabe Velarde with the blind backhand cross ice pass in his own zone. Kyle Connor with a uh, a less than acceptable effort at uh, taking the puck away from Tyler Myers and receiving the pass to begin with. It's a bit of a comedy of errors. And then a lot of stick checks by the Jets are unsuccessful. And Tyler Myers walks in as he and beats Connor Hellebuck with the backhand to tie it up at two, goal, uh, two goals apiece. This was an ugly one all around for the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, it was an ugly one for the Jets, but it was a, a nice one for Tyler Myers, right? He scores a goal <laughs> against his old team. But, yeah, I mean, you, you kind of I, – I can't add too much there, Drew. I mean, like, 
there's I don't know which is worse here, the Velarde giveaway or Kyle Connor just completely disinterested in coming back into the play and playing some defense, right? Like it was just a lazy stick check. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, Tyler Myers is, you know, dancing around doing his best Harlem Globetrotter impression, right? Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, look, I, I mean, it started, it started off with, uh, you know, a really good aggressive forecheck from Brock Besser on on Josh Morrissey. So, look, the Canucks were were pushing, right, Dave? Like, they were down a goal, um, you know, and the Jets had the momentum. And that's what I, I thought was so bizarre about the Canucks at this point in the game because not only did they tie the game up, but after that they had some scoring chances and they had mm-hmm. all of the momentum. And then they get into penalty trouble and then they give the Jets all the momentum back. But, yeah, I mean, look – I don't know what else you can say here. I don't think, you know, Rick Bonus or Scott O'Neill is going to be sitting Gabe Velarde down and explaining to him what he did wrong there. I mean, he knows <laughs> what he did wrong there. And the thing that you have to like, guys, is that they were the ones that responded with the goals to put the Jets ahead and, and to put this game away, right, Dave? So right. Yeah. they made up for it. So instead of us talking about this, you know, f- you know, for the next day or two leading up to the game in Calgary, we're talking about how good the Shifley Velarde Connor line was, not just that giveaway. Because that, you know, if the if the Canucks, like I said, they get a power play early in the third period when Pionk takes that penalty, Pedersen gets a good chance. Um, I think it was what did I say? Brock Besser, I think, had the rebound. I mean, they had yeah. Hellebuck made two or three really good saves on that power play. Hronik, I remember, had a nice shot from the point uh, that was like ninety four kilometers an hour. Sorry, ninety three point six kilometers an hour. I'm making a joke here, um, but <laughs> I, I'm, look, Hellebuck was excellent. But yes, on this goal, I mean, it's just a, you can't give up a, a free pizza like Claude Noel used to say up the middle mm-hmm. like that. And mm-hmm. then Connor's got to have a little bit more pride there on the back check. Well, like that he, was pretty pathetic. He's blowing the zone too early. He, you know, he shouldn't be blowing the zone in that instance, uh, and he is. And then he, and then his efforts when after he's already after Myers has intercepted the pass is, is yeah. troubling. It's it, it's shades of last year and and years before that. Uh, you know, when it came to the Winnipeg Jets' commitment to defense, uh, so that was not a very uh, attractive play by the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, and you know, way, Drew, sorry, go, go ahead. No, no, no go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to quickly, quick little notes, couple notes. Uh, Mark Shifley picked up his 30th assist of the season, which gives him, uh, th- I think, nine out of his 11 seasons in the NHL with at least 30. And Gabriel Velarde hit 100 points, his career high, or got to 100 points in his yes. career. For, uh, and because I did it last post game, as he, Neil Pionk, because he got the secondary assist on the first goal, moves ahead of Jacob Truba into sole possession of ninth on the all time list, which for the record, I tweeted at like, let's say, whatever time. The NHL ripped me off, stole my tweet, stole my good good info, and put out their own little cliche tweet 40 minutes later. Hell hath no fury like a Dave M tweet scorn. Wait till they uh, hear from the IC legal team. Dan Manuk exactly. is going to be all over that. It's oh, going to yes. be ugly. It's going to be ugly all around. Uh, so two all at the end of 40 minutes. But we can't talk about the end of the second period without talking about the hit that JT Miller lays on Mark Shifley. Apparently it wasn't a hit through. Uh, and I mean, so the Jets were on the power play at this point in time. Uh, Hoaglander is in the box uh, for boarding, and then mm-hmm. there's a scrum and and, and, a, and a puck battle at the end of the period. And JT Miller comes in with 
clearly a high hit on Mark Shafley that I thought was going to result in a five-on-three power play for the Winnipeg Jets to start the second period. Uh, Dave, you thought that. Even the Sportsnet panel thought that. Yeah. Uh, and then everybody well, was everyone it... was surprised to find out that Mark Shifley was getting called for embellishment on this play, which to me is just, I mean, I, I, I look, I wasn't there. I wasn't on the ice. I was watching the game. And I don't know where you watch that sequence of events and 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 the words embellishment come to your mind, Desi. It just seems like a clear-cut bad hit by JT exactly. Miller that should have been penalized. Instead, it's not penalized, and, and it's the Jets continue the power play, but they don't get the five-on-three that so many expected. Right. I don't know how else you can say it aside from I think everybody expected the Jets to be on a five-on-three to start the period, right? And they weren't. And I just don't get that, right? Because it's a blindside hit to the head, clearly, right. right? JT Miller is penalized. I just don't, like, look, I, it's a, it's one thing if you're embellishing a trip, Dave, or or a high <laughs> stick or something like that. I don't know yeah. how you really can embellish that. Like, like how much time does Shifley have to embellish that, right? So I, I think that was a bad call. I didn't like the Nate Schmidt goalie interference call. We talked about that. Yeah. I mean, there were, the, the officiating, uh, you know, in this game was suspect, and it's been you know, suspect in a lot of games this season, unfortunately. But yeah, I think the Jets got robbed of a five-on-three there. It, it really made, again, we tweeted. I was like, okay, well, the Jets will have a five-on-three to start the third period. And you're like, oh, no, apparently that was an embellishment on Mark Shifley. So, uh, but, you know, again, like I said, I think that's part of the whole chip on the shoulder uh, way they played that third period. So if you're the Jets, it worked out for you anyways. But yeah, I mean, it's just, it was a perplexing, uh, one of many perplexing penalty calls in this hockey well the, the comment from from john chan a regular uh you know member of the ic nation here yeah like he's obviously being sarcastic but like you know what is shifley supposed to do there yeah like what like that's the thing like are you saying that he like how how should he react to getting an elbow in the head blindside it's like supposed to be to me because to me that was just a guy who it probably hurt like you said drew we weren't on the ice but I, I imagine that didn't feel very good for 55. Is he supposed to be, I mean, so he gets penalized for not being further injured on the play? I mean, that's the only... The only thing I can think I of can is like the with. way, the only thing I can think of, and again, like I said, I'm not trying to justify <laughs> that position because I don't agree with it. But if I'm going to try and play some sort of stupid devil's advocate, then maybe the ref thought the way he hit the ice embellished it. But I mean, again, that's the... Well, Drew, I'm believing, I don't, I, I'm seeing that... I'm seeing that holding my nose because it's it's the stupidest thing I've ever said. Right. Uh, like again, like I said, I don't think there's any justification for it. Right? It was pretty clear. Miller was frustrated, takes out Shifley in the head, and again, like I said, like if he if he if he connects with him in the in the chest and knocks him down, okay, fine. But he hits him in the head. Like it's <laughs> it's, it's it's pretty clear that he that it's a, it's a shot to the head. So I don't know. I I just didn't understand it, and uh, it, it just didn't make a lot of sense why they wouldn't have called a penalty there. It didn't make a lick of sense to me whatsoever, but to the Jets. Well, I guess credit, they did call it. They, I guess they did a call a penalty on both. Right, they called on both of them. Right. Yeah. But you know, so the Jets don't capitalize. They don't get a five on three. They don't end up capitalizing uh, on the rest of the Hoaglander penalty. Mm-hmm. But to the Winnipeg Jets' credit, they come out in that third period and they kill off a Neil Pionk holding penalty at the four. Oh, hold on, mark. hold on. Can we talk about this holding penalty? <laughs> the the best was like I'm watching the the best was this is the best. I'm watching the broadcast. And I'm like, what did when, when did that happen? I did I miss it? Like, and then the press was the broadcast kept saying, okay, here it is. But then they'd go, then they show a different angle of a different play with Pionk. Like, oh no, that's what it is. 
no, no, wait, this is it. I'm like, which one is it? He couldn't have gone three different penalties. Like drew. That was, that was again, another really marginal. He had his hand off his stick. He had his hand yeah, on him. That's, that's like, why it doesn't bother me as much. No, no, I, it doesn't. Your hand it, it, off it, your it, stick. I you're good, you, you have to expect to get called. Well, not always, but I mean, yes, not like the, always, the, but the, more. The, 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 the reality was, but I'm just saying like, it was of, of the, let's say of the marginal calls, that one was probably okay, but it was still like, they acted as if it was, oh yeah, it's a clear cut. And I'm thinking, wasn't that clear cut? Because you guys didn't know which highlight it was that actually drew the penalty. To the Jets, to my point though, to the Jets credit, they kill off that penalty. Uh, which comes at the 437 mark in, of the third period. So there's about, you know, 13 minutes to go in this game. And you're thinking, you know, is this going to be one of those games where both teams go into a defensive shell and mm-hmm. just decide to play for overtime? But the Jets, I thought, really played some of their best hockey uh, in a long period of time over the final yeah. 13 minutes of this game. And it starts at the 747 mark of the third period. So about three minutes, about a minute after the penalty expires, they kill off the Pionk penalty. And then about a minute later, Mark Shifley take, you know, it's it's, it's a cliche, but he takes a hit to make a play. And he does, and it results in the game-winning goal for the Winnipeg Jets as Shifley gets stood up at the line pretty well. Clean hit. No problem with this hit. But he makes the play and gets it onto Kyle Connor's stick. So while everyone in Vancouver is ooing and eyeing the hit, the Winnipeg Jets are scoring the game-winning goal instead. Connor comes in. It's a modified two-on-one. He feeds it over to Velarde, and it's a very nice, easy tap-in for Gabe Velarde behind Thatcher Demko, and that gives the Jets a 3-2 lead at this point in time, and you can see how fired up they are. That line, which had such good chemistry early in the year and is maybe trying to recapture that since all the injuries and everything else, finally captures it again on this sequence of events. And Mark Shifley, who's been such a different hockey player this year for the Winnipeg Jets, there's another example of him being a different hockey player, sacrificing the body for the betterment of the team, as he. Yeah, and, and so there was, a, there was a lot of things going on here, and this is where I'm going to use a Drew Mandelism and the Canucks' attention to detail was not there, right? Because Ilya Mikheyev, you guys remember, I was just watching the replay to confirm, Ilya Mikheyev shoots on Connor Hellbuck, misses the net, right? So the puck comes around, and it eventually comes to Mark Shifley. Drew mentions Noah Juleson goes for the hit, but the problem was Connor Garland was also trailing Shifley, so Juleson goes for the hit, and and Connor Garland is also back checking on Shifley. What ends up happening is Kyle Connor's the trailer. He comes behind, goes around Garland. Then you actually have a three on one situation, right? Because Connor could actually go to uh, Josh Morrissey, and obviously, you know, he decides to go to Gabe Velarde. But you know, that was an ill timed play by no- Noah Juleson. The Canucks got caught up ice. It was a four on three situation. But then because of that hit, Dave it turned into a three-on-one situation. So obviously mm-hmm. Demko has no chance there because Connor can go to Morrissey for the one-timer or Morrissey can decide to, you know, you know, stop the puck, bring it in, and then it's it's a three-on-one regardless in tight on, on Demko. But good situational awareness on the Jets there. And Drew's 100% right. I mean, Shifley knows that Noah Juleson is coming there. I thought Juleson and Myers were very shaky as a D pair, like obviously Quinn Hughes is a great defenseman. And I actually think Nikita Zadorov has been a, a good addition, but I think, you know, I think I'm not sure about that. Juleson Myers is, there, is, yeah, good is a good defenseman too, but yeah, yeah I, I thought, you know, 
the the Juleson Myers pair was not very good for the Canucks tonight. Uh, but you're right. I mean, it wasn't that it was a, a dirty hit or anything like that, but it's just that it, it by by Juleson doing that and Garland also going to Shifley, it allowed Connor to pick the puck up, go around, and then it was a three on one situation, like I said. So, you know, you know, nice, nice execution by the Jets there. What, what I like about that, Dave, in addition to obviously the execution, is the puck support that Kyle Connor is providing Mark Shifley in, in, in that play. He's not, uh, you know, a, a distance away. He's right there to take that puck. So he's right. there supporting Shifley and re- recognizing, reading the play that Shifley is, is in a position where he's going to get hit. But at the same time, there might be an opportunity and he has to be in the right position to be able to gather that puck from Shifley uh, in that sequence of events and I like and and that's the sort of connectivity that we haven't seen from the Jets a lot in the last few weeks and you know look it was the speed of Kyle Connor yeah and the playmaking of Kyle Connor we saw that again and and that's that's one of the things that you've wanted to see from number 81 right number 81 is a guy that you know we've talked about it has he looked himself well, you know, I mean, again, for, for better and for worse, he looked like himself today. Uh, again, like I said, defensively on that one goal against. But those those are two real nice passes. And that the first, the one we're talking about right now, obviously on the third goal, that's, that's again, despite despite what you may have heard on the broadcast, he's just as good a passer as he is on a goal scorer. You hear that on this show because we think we've watched him a few times. But the fact is that Kyle Connor has a, a, a lethal shot, but he also has a lethal ability to make a, a, a fantastic pass. And he did so on, on this goal, Drew. And it's, it was, it was, you're right. The Jets came out and they came out hard and they came out with the desire to win that game. And, and it was evident from the, from the time the puck dropped in the third period. And it was, it was evident right to the end of that game. And, and there were, look, there were instances where Connor Hellebuck had to, to be fantastic again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, again, credit, the goaltender because that's what you do when you have as as he just declared him on this morning show the best goalie in the nhl that's not so so well, i don't know i don't disagree either yeah but- really i think this year and, and and the craziest thing is we talked about this dave right like you take out the first two or three games yeah. and his numbers are even crazier right well, for sure so i, I, I honestly think game if, if the season ended now <laughs> yes demko's in the conversation button, i think there's other guys in the conversation but yes i think uh Hellebuck would be the front runner for the Vezina right now. Yeah, no, I think that, I think it's a fair assessment. But like I said, you you just like the fact that the Jets aren't like they're they they want to win. They want to make a statement. They want and again, we've been talking about it. The Jets drought. I mean, that was one of the topics on today's conver- on today's illegal grave hockey show was just the idea of the drought, the lack of scoring. And you're we we've talked about the idea the need for this team to be able to get scoring up and down the roster and from, from the, all four lines. But ultimately the big dogs are the big dogs. You know, they're the horses. They're the guys who, who, who really are going to take you there. And so when you can get that line going the way it did and, and look, ultimately you still need that second line to be producing. Now it's good. Obviously Sean Monaghan got a goal on uh, the power play, but you still need to get m- more from the Perfetti line and the Ehlers, Perfetti Ehlers, and Monahan as a line at five on five. So, so there's still more to give, but from, from today's game, you're very happy with the fact that Shifley, Connor and, uh, and Velarde produced the mat in the manners that they did. And then the Jets get the insurance marker uh, less than two minutes later. It's Mark Shifley. You know, that's his, what's one, two, three, fourth 
point of the game yeah. for the Winnipeg Jets. Trem- tremendous effort by the Jets number 55. Shifley, his 16th of the year, assist to Kyle Connor and Nate Schmidt also getting on the score sheet on this one. And it makes it the 4-2 game. And look, if we know anything about this Winnipeg Jets team so far this year is that they don't often give up more than uh, you know two or three goals a game. And they're very good at shutting things down when they need to, when they get that lead. And this was another instance they get that 4-2 goal. That's the insurance marker. And then the Canucks, you know, had their push, but then they pulled their goalie. But the Jets did a very good job of keeping most things to the outside and not necessarily being tremendously high danger. And even when there was a little bit of danger, well, you know, danger has no answer for Connor Hellebuck in the Winnipeg Jets net. And it's a 4-2 victory for the Jets. And uh, just a tremendous effort uh, by Mark Shifley leading the team. Adam Lowry leading the team with some physicality. Just a very, this is the kind of effort that the Jets can certainly build upon and say, you know, no, this is us. This is us moving forward. This is us, you know, no no swoon here. They've now won three in a row. And the losing streak, which was five in a row, is now sort of the, the page has been turned on now, and especially tonight with the four-goal explosion from my perspective, Ezzy. Yeah, exactly. And just on that last goal, I already mentioned it, right? Like, I, I, I don't want to pick on the Juleson-Myers pair, uh, right. But they were on the ice again, and it was there was a lot of similarities there because Juleson steps up on Shifley, but it's kind of a weak stick check. Uh, Shifley takes the puck, and Juleson's not quick enough to cover him, and it's Myers, and it's a two-on-one situation, right? So, I mean, it was, it was very similar. Like, to me, the Jets' top line, um, you know, was better than the Canucks' top line, and they were downright toying with that Juleson-Myers pair. Um, so again, I mean, look, give the Jets credit again, like you said, you know, our old friend Dennis Bayak would have said bang, bang, two minutes later after the third goal. And then the way Connor Hellebuck was playing, you know, I'll mention it again, the multiple saves that he made on that early third period power play, the way he was playing, you didn't really get the feeling that the Canucks were going to come back and tie this game up. No, I think, I I think that's a fair, no, I was just gonna say, I think that's a fair assessment because, uh, like, 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 as I said, like Hellebuck you could sense it. You just had a feeling you could just, again, whether it was us channeling our, our knowledge through Chuck, Chuck Hallibuck as, <laughs> but like, I, it just felt like he was, he was in his own. He, again, these guys live for this. You know, you, you know that they want that Saturday night. There's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of pride. And, and so like, although I, I, I don't know if I, if you boys noticed, I said, I think Mark Shifley is uh, amped up to be playing on Hockey Night in Canada in, in front of Canada. Western Canada. Well, as an yeah. aside, did you guys see who the After Hours guest is? JT Miller. That's <laughs> yeah, <so> obviously <laughs> Scott Oak. I don't know if he's going to ask him about the uh, the incident with Mark Shifley, but I just thought that was funny. It seems like whoever's the After Hours guest, he somehow like plays a, a key role in the game, right? So yeah. JT Miller obviously isn't going to be the happiest camper uh, right now talking to Scott Oak. No, but I mean, they, they choose the, and they choose the, yeah, days the after the hours guest, yes. you know, early in the week. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, no, of course. But anyway, so I, I think ultimately what you, what you wanted to see from the jets was how would they respond? And, uh, although I'm pretty sure I actually said, I think I actually said, may have said it was going to be a four, two game, but I may have said four, three. I can't remember, but ultimately. So hold on, Dave, you're saying that you predicted the most common score in, in <laughs> hockey. Is that what you're Hey. That's that might be the most common score in hockey, Ezzy, but it's definitely not the Jets' no, most common score. No, these days, it's definitely two-one. So it was, it was that would be out of the ordinary for for Winnipeg. But look, ultimately, uh, again, one game doesn't make a season. You don't win a Stanley Cup because you beat the Vancouver Canucks in Game 52, but it's a, it's an important win. It was a good team win. 
it, it, you know, I'm sure that they, they're supposed to, I believe, practice tomorrow in Calgary. Um, and because it said mountain time, so I'm assuming it must be Calgary. And uh, and then they've got a game against the uh, Flames team that's obviously not very happy considering I, I think they've fire. lost. Well, they lost against the Sharks after the Sharks played in, in, in Winnipeg. And they got pumped by the Sharks, as he talked about this morning. 6-3, I think, was the final there. And then they, they pulled Markstrom today. Uh, by they got just pumped by Detroit. So I'm pretty uh, sure Markstrom was wearing a Devils jersey when he was in that. <laughs> well, when he got pulled, maybe the maybe the Devils were like, mm, I don't know about this. Did but he give up like four goals on four shots or something like, like that? that. It yeah, was they, something awful yeah, in that. You know, yeah. it, was, it was just a terrible game. That's, that's it's amazing. Right it's, a, it's amazing to think about how good a goaltender Jacob Markstrom was, especially in Vancouver, and coincidentally, and uh, and and how how quickly it's gone sideways for him, but. Yeah, look, I mean, it's yeah. it's it's it'll be important for the Jets to replicate it, but this team feels good, right? They they had those those two wins this week, and and like Drew, I think you said it, like folks could question, oh well, okay, it wasn't like they weren't the cleanest of wins, they weren't the prettiest of wins. Well, you beat the Vancouver Canucks, the best team in the NHL points wise, and they're a hell of a hockey team, and they're well coached, and they're dangerous. They got weapons, but. Ultimately, the Jets went toe to toe with them, and they came out on the uh, on the right end of that. So, uh, a, a pretty big win, a tidy win for this Jets club. And for no Mo Jahangard, who has a super comment, I think that's what it's called when it's a paid comment. Is that what it's called? Super comment? Something you, like that. You can yeah. buy the tough duck hardest hitting comments. So if anybody, <laughs> if anybody wants to double what Mo has dropped there, I mean, I mean we we definitely will give it to you. Uh, I'm just kidding, but obviously, for those listening on the podcast, he says, "Good evening, lads." What a game. I scared the heck out of my wife when the third and fourth were scored. This year's team has that grit and determination, this indomitable willpower. They can go far. So that's a good comment there. Might, he might win. I'm just saying. He might win. You'll have to stay tuned after the commercial break to find out if Mo wins for that comment. It certainly isn't a front runner at the very least. Plus, we have more uh, post-game coverage from the Jets' victory in Vancouver. I'm going to say goodnight because, as you can tell, I'm a little bit under the weather. I'll let Dave and Ezzy drive this home just like they did this morning on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Uh, I'll be back Tuesday for sure. We'll see if I'm back on Monday afternoon or not. But regardless, we will be there for post-game Monday afternoon. The Jets and the Flames, a matinee affair in Calgary. But, of course, IllegalCurve.com and the Illegal Curve YouTube channel will roll on unabated. Don't Good forget to, to all. take your Metamucil before you go to bed, Drew. I don't know about my <laughs> Metamucil. Isaac. That might be for a different issue altogether. I'll let you guys wrap it up. Good night, everybody. This uh, You're watching the Illegal Curve post-game show. Don't go anywhere. Boston. Boston Pizza harnessed analytics to test if the game is better at home or at Boston Pizza. The results are irrefutable. Catch the game at Boston Pizza, powered by Fanalytics. You guys ever wish for a game changer in life? Like finding out your favorite snack has zero calories? Or discovering the mute button on Ezzy? Picture this, a secret weapon for parking, where you can book a spot a whole month in advance. Tell me more, Drew. Pre-book your parking at really low rates, or maybe even for free, if you use the code ILLEGALCURVE. Free? What is this, sorcery? The Grid Park app. It's a real secret weapon that has affordable game day parking, and to sweeten the deal even more... I love sweets. Our listeners can use the code illegal curve to park for free. Holy Zamboni. 
Tell me about it. Just download Grid Park, G-R-Y-D Park, and use the code ILLEGALCURVE, all one word, to park for free. The game can change Ah! just like that. Accidents happen when you aren't protected. So now what? Getting to your injury quickly can make all the difference. Help prevent them from being game changers with Linden Market Dental Center. Bonding, crowns, bridges, and dental implants. State-of-the-art treatments are available to help you get back in the game. To learn more, visit LindenMarketDentalCenter.com. Creating smiles for life. Your coworkers love you because you always make them laugh. You're the life of the party with stories that have them rolling on the floor. Or maybe you're just the quiet one in the corner with the one-liners that just slay. Do you have what it takes to become Winnipeg's funniest person with a day job? Try your luck. Hit the stage at Rumors Comedy Club, and you could be walking away with $1,000 cash. Winnipeg's funniest person with a day job. Presented by Rumors. For all the details, head to RumorsComedyClub.com. Whoa, Ezzy, everything okay? You look stressed. Of course I'm stressed. We're moving, the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos! Yes, that does sound like a problem. What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rolly's transfer moving and storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rollies and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small. Just visit Rollies.com and they will take it from there. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage, online at Rollies.com. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environments, even the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Work to live, live to play. Visit toughduck.com. Welcome back to the Illegal Curve post-game show. This is the po- is this like considered a post-post-game show? Because we got no Mindy. It's just you and me, as which means when as when Drew's gone, the fun begins. The air feels fresher. There's more Mike, less Mike hogging. This is all about you, me. Big Daddy, we're about to go. Absolutely. My question is, like, it's 10 to 1 here in Winnipeg, Central Time, right? Sure, yeah. Drew's down in, in Scottsdale, Arizona, which is Mountain Time, so it's 10 to midnight. My question is, if we got an hour and two minutes into the postgame show, why couldn't Drew just continue on for another, you know, we usually go about an hour 10, an hour 15, right, Dave? Like yeah, 70, yeah. 70 to 75 minutes? Like, what, what was an extra 10 minutes at this point? Obviously, like... You know, Laura's in bed. The kids are in bed. Sheldon obviously went to bed three hours ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm just I'm curious why Drew decided to to pull out at that point. But I mean, I've I've pulled out like many times before too. <laughs> okay, I see. After dark has officially begun. Welcome. This is the Illegal Curve post game show. I'm as he's mercifully muted right now. Uh, I am not. This is Dave Manuk. He's Ezzy Ginsberg. Jets pick up a four two win. And it was a it was a monumental day. I I Joe from Winnipeg left. He had to go to bed, but I will mention it because I think it's it was a significant event that took place down in Minnesota in St. Paul. Declan Chisholm playing in his first game for the Minnesota Wild scored on the power play. So it's I, I guess folks aren't too upset because a power play goal was scored twice by the Winnipeg Jets tonight. But Declan Chisholm 
2018 fifth rounder of the Winnipeg Jets. He, of course, was claimed on waivers by the Wild a couple weeks ago. Hadn't played a game yet, but got into his first game tonight and uh, scored a goal. Nice little uh, shot from the point. We've seen him do that for the Moose. And uh, he gets his first goal. And uh, he didn't get a chance. I, I tweeted it on my IC Dave. But he was quite emotional, as he for, you know, after the game. And first of all, I love those. Those are very awesome wild jerseys. They look like... Uh, the old North star jerseys. So they're they're Those ones are slick. And what about and those devil's jerseys? Devil's jerseys are solid as well, but I mean, and the I flyers, I mean the stadium series jerseys, they always nail those. You know, what's funny though. Like as a, and as a total aside, even though I wanted to talk about Declan Chisholm, <laughs> can we talk about how insignificant, not, not insignificant, how uninteresting these stadium series and outdoor games are like, like they announced today, Columbus and and Detroit. Like, don't get me wrong, the fan bases they're extraordinarily important. When when right. Winnipeg is in, obviously the fans love it and and they're super excited about it. But they've the luster. I mean, the luster wore off like ten years ago. But like, it's, I just don't just, think there's enough in Canada. Well, I mean, I agree with I think you. There's too many in the U.S. And I realize that. I mean, there's way more people, you know, in states like New York and and Pennsylvania and everything like that. But like, how many outdoor games? have the Philadelphia Flyers and the New York Rangers and Chicago the Chicago Blackhawks. Like, I, I think it's, you know, maybe time to, you know, bring an outdoor game back to Winnipeg, to be honest with you. How many years has it been? Eight years yes, since there's been an outdoor game here? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and there was a game in, in was it Regina? That yeah, was 2019. Uh, yeah, Brian Little. Remember, he scored, I think, the winning yeah. goal. I remember yeah. Little scored a goal in that game. Um, But, you know, I, I wouldn't mind seeing a game back in, in Winnipeg or, or somewhere else in Canada, mm-hmm. right? Like, Maybe do an outdoor game like an NHL regular season game. What about in the Maritimes or or go up to Yukon or like there's a lot of different options here. I mean, yeah. you could get into the conversation like how are how are you going to get that many fans there? But I, I'm just saying like how many games have we seen in you know Eastern US? Right, that's all I'm saying. I mean, I'm a Devils fan, so I watched that game between yeah. the Devils and the Flyers. It, it helped that they won. But um, and I don't know if you saw Nico Heischer uh, dropped a, a four-letter bomb that he that he probably no. regrets. Uh, but I mean, he was pretty fired up. But yeah, I agree with you, Dave. Because what are we at? I think they said this was like the fiftieth, yeah, game or something yeah. like that. Like it's yeah, the, you're right. I mean, the the cachet has worn off for sure. Yeah, it's just it is what. It, but I'm just saying, like, it's just funny because I I you know like and don't get me wrong, like the the one they did at um, uh, was it Utah. The one that Vegas was in, it uh, where they got the new um, age is it AHL or ECHL team, um, Lake Tahoe, Grizzlies? Lake Tahoe. Oh right, yeah. And so the, the I mean that kind of looked good, but I mean I don't watch any of these games. I have no interest. Again, like I said, unless the the Jets would be in it, then I would be interested. But to me, it's just they're 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 uninteresting, and they they just seem like they're like oh they've got a stadium series you know this weekend. I'm like okay, like again, if your fan base is there then folks are going to watch it. But if, if it doesn't pertain to the fan base, again, I'd be curious to know if anybody in the chat, we still have over 300 of you, you know, an hour, over an hour into this broadcast. Robert Martin doesn't like Yukon. I might've gone a little bit crazy there with, with Yukon, but I, I'm, I'm just trying to say, like, I think there would be more interest mm-hmm. if you did it in a different Matthew, Matthew Thompson wants to see the lightning in the Panthers on a cruise ship. So that's an option, Ezzy. A cruise ship. In, like an Alaskan cruise ship. <laughs> well, that's a good point. Maybe it would be an Ala- the two Florida teams playing in Alaska on a cruise ship. What about an outdoor game in Flin Flon, my dad's hometown? Yeah, well, I mean, that, I don't know that. Yeah, I mean, that's it's it's an idea for sure. Flin Flon Bombers, number one team in the SJHL. I think they've only lost three games this year. There you go. 
Mystery Alaska, Frosty's given that one. That's a good option. Stacy from Erie, Pennsylvania would go all the way to the Yukon. I think what it ultimately comes down to, Dave, is yep. I think here in Canada and probably, you know, in most of the U.S., I think you mm-hmm. would agree and most people watching, you know, live or on the replay would agree. I think most people don't even know when these games are going on. No, right? that's like, what I mean. You kind of you know two days in advance. But unless you're a Flyers fan or a Devils fan, um, and then you've got the Rangers and Islanders, do they play at MetLife as well? I think they are. I think there's another one. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there is. Yeah, because the game tonight was at MetLife, right? So I I think unless you live in the, uh, what do they call it, the tri-state area, like unless you live in New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um, is that is that the tri-state area, Dave? You lived in Michigan. You know the U.S. better than I do. Sure, but I, I mean, I didn't live in the tri-state area, has he? Yeah, but the New York, New Jersey state area, whatever mm-hmm. it is. I mean, we did, we have been to Pennsylvania, though, because we went to the draft in 2014 and then we took the train to Boston. Apparently the tri-state uh, then, area, as he apparently the tri-state area is Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana. Yeah, and so exactly. I mean, <laughs> well, what do you call that area of the U.S.? New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. I guess that's I call just, the East Coast. Yeah, the East Coast, I guess. But uh, we we were on the East Coast because we took that train ride from Philly to Boston, and then we saw those two uh, Red Sox games. Dave, you remember that at Fenway? We did. We saw the Red Sox and the Dodgers, which was the first time those two teams yeah. had played in a long time. So that was kind of cool to be able that to That was see, a bucket yeah. list thing for me, for sure. I mean, yeah. that, I mean, you don't get any more classic than Fenway, right? Yeah, the Green Monster. Fenway, yeah. it was incredible. Yeah, we always hot dogs. One of, our, one, of, uh, mine, one of mine and Ezzy's big things whenever we go to these drafts, somehow Weber ends up coming along with us, but it's to go see a baseball game. So yeah. uh, we've, we've done that for most most of the drafts we did in Philly. Saw that that epic game. Of course, yep. you and Hustler left in the ninth inning because they cut off the beer sales in the ninth. So Esley and Hustler and Philly Dan took off, and Drew, myself, and Rich stayed till the fourteenth inning when Chase Utley hit a bomb. And when I say a bomb, I mean like head. well, he may as it, it was it was like a no, but it bounced there. it bounced off of the bleachers, and then Drew went to go catch it. Oh, yeah. It hit his head though. It hit his head. No, 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 no. So what happened was I was like, I'm like, I'm under it, and I, I'm, I'm like. I'm usually an outfielder and I'm like, not a freaking chance. Like this is going to, you're muted as he, I'm that was like, a Seinfeld is... episode. Yeah. So I get the hell out of the way. Uh, and then Mindell goes and Mindell's like angling for it. And then all of a sudden you see Mindell, this little, and then he Ooh. just jumps and he like, next thing you know, Drew's like rolling down the steps and uh, at, uh, in, you know, at the stadium and uh, this kid got the ball. And then the best was I've got the picture. I'm too lazy to foot line, find it right now of the kid putting his, uh, the ball up against Drew's face. But anyways, we've seen some good baseball games. And thank you, by the way, for everybody that's tuning in right now at 1259 in the morning, listening to us talk about something that happened in 2014. Yeah. We will get in the t- into the tough duck hardest hitting comment, yes. but obviously we had to touch on that because we got to this because we were talking about the stadium series. Well, we actually got to this flyer, flyers and devils. We actually got to this because I started mentioning how Declan Chisholm got his first goal. So congratulations to the uh, former Jets prospect. That's a, that's a big big milestone, and I know that there's a lot of people that are still you know obviously connected to him and the Jets and the Moose organization. So uh, a lot of folks in Manitoba are going to be happy for the Ontario product getting his first. I think Bowmanville. This is where his hometown is, but that's uh, that's a milestone for him. Maybe they should have a stadium series game in Bowmanville. Maybe, maybe as he will, we'll see if you can propose that, but the, the wild have, they play the Canucks in Minnesota on Monday and then they play the jets on Tuesday. So the, the, the wild will also have been a, in a back-to-back uh, against when they come to Winnipeg on Tuesday, but that should be Chisholm's third game as a member of the Minnesota wild. 
Okay, let's go. Let's hit it. Uh, get rid of Bingo Bango's comment because we got to go to our friends, the Tough Duck Hardest Hitting Comment. The Tough Duck Hardest Hitting Comment. Coming in, coming in cold there, Dave. Eh? I was okay. Sorry, you're, Ezzie, not gonna right? cue, you're not going to cue me up. Well, I, I mean, mean, it is it is one oh one in the morning right it is now. True. So. I, I was I was a little blank there. I'm sorry. Hold on. Let me let's try that again. Ezzy, do you have a hardest hitting comment? Thank you, Dave. Yes, thank you to our friends at Tough Duck. We have a hardest hitting comment. We appreciate everybody joining us tonight. Obviously, a late night post game show. We had over 550 people watching, and we still have got something like 280, 285 watching, something like that. Lots of good comments. We're going to give it to, hold on, i got to pop it up here. We're going to give it to Trish Jordan. Hopefully Trish is still listening, uh, even though it is 1.02 in the morning. We have our first line, don't break it up, even though I thought Connor was horrible until he snapped out of it halfway through the game. We talked about the Tyler Myers goal. That was the goal that tied the game up for the Canucks. Uh, Kyle Connor had a pretty weak back check on Tyler Myers. It was a pretty bad giveaway by Gabe Velarde as well. That's what Trish is referring to. But obviously, Dave, Connor Shifley Velarde turned it up when it mattered most in the third period, and they had nine points on the night. So Trish, send me an email, Ezra, E-Z-R-A, at IllegalCurve.com, or slide into my DMs on X at ICSEG, and Tough Duck will ship out a toque to you because it's getting a little colder out these days. I mean, it's still above normal. Uh, as I got that bad news for you, that... it's going to be five degrees this week, next weekend. Is it? Yeah. Well, you still need the toque for the next couple of days because it was like minus 13 or minus 14. I have to so say, it's still, it's still toque weather. I'm a, I'm a toque guy, as as most folks will know. Although it was, I will say it was rather funny because today I was walking through the um, the concourse at Canada Life. I'm not trying to segue and, and steal the tough duck, hardest hitting comment, uh, as he, uh-oh. I have a feeling I, I see as he's my eyes shifting. Does that mean we're about to hit a, a certain, another segment? Dave, my eyes are shifting because I'm about to fall asleep. That's why my oh. eyes are shifting. I'm not doing okay. anything. Okay, sounds good. I just wanted to make sure you weren't going to do this. Put on your antlers. It's time for the Manuk Moose Minute on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Yes, don't worry. It was Believe me, there's nothing worth talking about from the Moose game that took place. You can do uh, a Manuk Moose Minute. I'm Dave, I'm not Drew. I don't, no. ever, I don't ever kill your buzz. Beep, beep, beep. If you, Let's want, back if, you want, up. if you want to talk moose, I mean, what else am I doing at this point? That's true. Aside from eating junk food. There you go. Well, okay, but I'll, I'll, I will be quick. I, I was just going to say I was walking through and I met, and first of all, it was funny because I was, I was walking through the concourse, uh, having just gone through security, I was talking to our friend Don at security, and then I got through and then I saw someone see me and they kind of looked at me and they said, hey, you're Dave. And I was like, oh yeah. And they're like, we, we like your show. And I was like, nice. I went and introduced myself. But then I said, I said, you probably don't recognize me because I'm not wearing a hat right now. And they said, yeah, it was a little, I was caught off. But as he, I'm usually a toque guy, but I don't think I've worn a toque once this winter. So uh, that goes to show you how mild it's been in Winnipeg. I've, I've kept the hat you on. You haven't worn a toque once? No. Wow. No. I know. Not even, not even an IC it was, toque. It was so. pretty cold back in like mid-January. I know. But I mean, I just didn't, uh, I guess I scurried to my car, scurried to the house, didn't really need a toque. But anyways, I'll quickly. You've got very warm ears. I do have warm ears. What's the long hair? See the yeah. hair? I, I bring it down and it's like, like I have earmuffs. Anyways, so quickly, uh, the Moose, excellent start against Milwaukee. Milwaukee is unbeaten in 2024. That theme would continue, by the way, by the end of the game. They are 15-0-0. Now, the Moose were coming in feeling good about themselves, having gone 6-2-1 and one on their nine games on the road. 
and they got off to a really good start, outshooting the Admirals 5-1. But Yaroslav Askarov, the first rounder of the Nashville Predators, he was excellent, and he uh, made kept making all the stops like Kramer and Seinfeld, as he. And uh, the uh, Philip Tomasino, 2019, 24th overall of Nashville, who, if you recall, as he, I thought the Jets could have drafted when uh, they had that option. I'm surprised had, he's not in the NHL, to be honest with you. Well, he he was. This is, I think, this is only his first or second game in the AHL this year. He played okay. forty. He played forty-seven games for Nashville. Maybe there was an injury, and this is a conditioning stint. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't understand why he was was there because, but I didn't look at even those numbers. But he was he scored two today, uh, for 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 um, Milwaukee. But he gets the first goal. So He'll then be it's, back up in the NHL soon. Yeah, is my he, he's a big boy, six one, six two. He's a center. So, um, but he scored to, off a. Mistake by the Moose. They take it, make a bad line change. Milich is beaten on the second shot of the game. So uh, Milwaukee started to find their legs and got a little momentum, took over that first period. And then in the second period, I thought it was a really good period for the Moose. And uh, I mean, actually, both teams played well, but neither team could. Uh, <laughs> Robert Martin, don't fall asleep. Stay awake, Robert. We got more Moose talk. But the Moose were, uh, neither team was able to find anything. So it's a one nothing game after 40. And you're like, okay, well, the Moose, I've hung in there and they've had some chances. Um, not a ton. Then and I think they were outshot 14, six in the second, but, uh, Milich was very good. And so he's keeping them in the game. One, nothing after 40 minutes. And then it started to fall apart a little bit. They uh, gave up another goal and then another goal and then another goal. And then before you knew it, it was four, nothing. So uh, unfortunately for the moose, they only needed one goal to win the folks pancakes as he, they were unable to do that. And so as a result, uh, Milwaukee continues to be unbeaten 16, Zero and zero, and having not lost in 2024. And by the way, two of their better forwards were up with Nashville on recall. So they were actually 11 and played 11 and seven today. So uh, tall task for the Moose. They'll be back at it. It was uh, Chaz Lucia's bobblehead night. And then uh, on Monday, two o'clock, Louis Riel Day, it is the um, superhero day. So come dressed as your favorite superhero. But I will say, sorry, as a decide, and one thing I want, didn't want to forget. So as I was walking through the concourse and I had met a few subscribers, I also bumped into Dancing Gabe, who, of course, always says hi to me. Hi, Dave. How are you? Such a good guy. And I said, hey, D Gabe, what did you think of our show? And he said, oh, it was a good show today. And I said, oh, I'm glad you you liked it. And he goes, well, I really like Chuck Hellebuck. <laughs> so we he was got, awesome. He was I awesome. Mean, Dancing Gabe knows what he's talking about because listening to Chuck talk about, you know, the early days, Connor Hellebuck, going to the USHL for that tryout yeah. uh, with Youngstown. And then, you know, talking about when you asked him the question, Dave, about the 2012 draft and yeah. they, they didn't really know what to do. So they didn't show up. And then Connor finding out that he was drafted while I think he said while he was fishing. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, that was pretty, no, no, cool. no, 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 no. He, he found out he was, he was, he was in goalies. He was teaching goalie school. Sorry, he was teaching goalie school. Then he went fishing afterwards. Then he went fishing. Yes, right. And then obviously, you know, Chuck just talking about the the family dynamics, like when the Hellebucks are playing Monopoly or, yeah. or Risk. Yeah. I mean, the reality is, Dave, we know that the Jets are beloved in not just Winnipeg and Manitoba, but mm -hmm. elsewhere, right? Like we've got yeah. people like Stacy, we've got uh, Jordan Hare, who is Australian, um, but I believe he is elsewhere right now. Um, but uh, hi to Jordan, by the way. So we ha we have people that follow the Jets, you know, all over. I mean, you know, John Chan is in Singapore, I think, still, I believe, right? Yeah. So the Jets, people, you know, turn into, tune into the Jets all across the world. Um, and, and so the fact a guy like Chuck Hellebuck is willing to come on Winnipeg Sports Talk 
and come on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. I mean, Jets fans, that's that's why we do this, right? Jets fans love to be connected uh, and, and see, you know, this type of stuff. So Chuck Hellebuck, we joked about it, but he has become, you know, a celebrity amongst the Jets parents, right? And it's because he's willing to come on shows like ours and he's willing to put himself out there in, uh, on social media. So, yeah, that was a lot of fun today talking to t- talking to Chuck. Well, and, and we'll have that as a standalone uh, interview if you want to watch that probably tomorrow on the website, little spoiler alert. And the, you know what, look, I think it's because it's different and it's insight into the Jets top netminder that you don't normally get. But I think that's just one of those things that, you know, you're like to see, you like to get something a little bit different, a little conversation. And again, he's an interesting guy on his own right. You know, I mean, again, you know, as you joked about it, but it's the truth, you know, we have approaching 6,000. So here's my reminder to you. This is the Illegal Curve Post Game Show. Please subscribe. I'm going to start doing animal faces. If you need me to start doing animal faces here in the shadow in the, puppets, shadow puppets. There you go, Ez. But um, my kids love shadow puppets. Really? I do shadow puppets all the time. Yeah, I oh, do a great uh, parent. Oh, yeah. Oh, there we go. Oh, yeah. 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 That looks, you know, that kind of looks like maybe like a flamingo. I was thinking a snake. Oh, anyways. Okay, Ezzy, we've now deteriorated to sh- animal puppetry. I mean, this is, uh, <laughs> it's probably hey, time. This, to... this is our life. We, <laughs> it's probably... If we chose this life. It's true, but we don't nobody have else. Can, nobody else can do this. As that's well, true. Who else can do this? Kenny and Rennie are the only other people that can do this. That's true, but we don't need to subject everybody else to our uh, our dementia. Is, is probably what I would suggest. We don't want to give them too much. Dave, that's and, literally what we've been doing for the last fifteen years: is giving people a window 17. into our dementia. Seventeen. Right. That's right. Seventeen. Seventeen. Two thousand and seven. Well, fr- hey, you know, you know, it's the end of the show when Frosty. Is although Frosty was a little uh, little lax this morning when he didn't give us the uh, the 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 the, the uh, sponsor, so I was a little little disappointed in Frosty. I'm not gonna lie, but it's a good time to remind us and remind all of you a big thank you to all the sponsors of Illegal Curve who make the post game show, the Saturday show, and the website a possibility. They are in no particular order. Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club, Linden Market Dental, Grid Park, Zapia Group Realty, Betway, Tough Duck, Boston Pizza, Seagrams. Rolly's Transfer and Farmery Beer, home of Illegal Curve Beer. Let's call it IC Beer, if you will. Icy Beer. Whatever it is, it's delicious. You should drink it. Head down to 2 Donald Street, buy it, tell them I see sent you. And uh, as he, it has been a long day. We uh, we started the morning that you've already fought, your eyes are, are closing, you're falling asleep. You're going to hit the, your head's going to, there you go. Oh, We've all lived through as he's snoring. That's, uh, <laughs> but the point is we started an early one as right we started with the morning papers available on illegalcurve.com at 7 a.m illegal curve hockey show started at 9 a.m we went a little into ot because chuck hellebuck was telling some good stories the moose played at two o'clock they lost four nothing and then the jets pick up a huge 4-2 victory in game 52 of the season and uh, head off into the night with 71 points in second place. They leapfrog Colorado, and they are trailing Dallas, but they do have games in hand on the Stars, who lost to the Oilers in OT, I believe. So um, Phyllis gets the first star of tonight's postgame show because Phyllis is staying up. It's 1-11. I'm sure Phyllis wants to get to bed and, you know, get on with her Sunday morning tomorrow. Stacy, right? though, as he stays. I mean, yeah, I- Stacy, too. And, yeah, right. Stacy's in Erie, Pennsylvania, and it's 2.11 in the morning. So how about this? We'll give Phyllis and Stacy both the first stars. La yeah. première étoile. Now, the only problem is, as I don't that know. That was French, Dave. 
I, 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 my mom's a French teacher. I know that. But the, but what I was going to say is that I don't know that people trust my star selection. Although I made the star selection today, the moose game, that one was, was, was pretty solid. I would give, we'll give Leslie the second star too. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Well, we're going to yeah. give all of you a star because the fact is you've made it an hour and 23 minutes. Dave hit end stream. <laughs> I will, but I want to thank everyone for spending your Saturday morning, your Saturday evening, and any time you spend with Ezzy, Drew, and myself here on our Illegal Curve channel. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Make sure you hit the like button. Have yourself a wonderful Sunday, which is today, actually. Ezzy, stop that snoring. And uh, have a safe day. We'll see you guys bright and early. When's the next game, Ezzy? Is it Monday, Tuesday? Monday at 3 o'clock for Louis Riel Day. Let me tell you, that one's going to be tight. It's going to be tight. The Moose play at 2 o'clock. The Jets play at 3 o'clock. So I'm going to have to see I'm, Mark Morrison's going to have to do a very quick post game. Cause then I'm out of there to meet you at my maison to do some, uh, some post game for this. And if I keep talking, we'll still be doing end it. So end stream, everyone have a good night. Thanks for joining us. This has been the illegal curve post game show. Thanks for listening to this broadcast from illegal curve hockey. For more great illegal curve content, subscribe to the illegal curve YouTube channel. Follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, IllegalCurve.com.